0: Today's episode of Market Talk is brought to you in part by GrowMark FS. For over 95 years, we've led the game. Power, we restored it. Protection, we reinvented it. Record yields, we redefined it. If there's one thing we know at FS, it's that just because something hasn't been done doesn't mean it can't be done. We're never satisfied unless we take your farming operation to the next level. Run your equipment at peak efficiency and bust the bins this season. Visit fssystem.com. The views and opinions of this program are those of the host guests and callers. There is substantial risk of loss in trading futures and options, which you should carefully consider prior to trading. Bringing you the ag information you need. This is Market Talk, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Jesse Allen. Well, mostly lower day seen in grain and livestock trade. We got the Fed wrapping up their December meeting. What did they do with interest rates? We had more economic data out on Wednesday. Did China grow a record corn crop? argentina making some moves with their new president javier malay that could have a big impact on commodities as a whole we're going to talk about all of that more here today on market talk thanks for joining us as always i'm your host jesse allen and uh man oh man a lot of stuff to get to here midweek on the show we're going to talk about things coming up here today We'll have a conversation with Tommy Grisafi from Advanced Trading. He will join us later on in the show. I I know we will definitely get into the economic stuff uh, with the Fed meeting and interest rates as well as looking at inflation as a whole, talking about The CPI numbers, the uh, PPI numbers, the Producer Price Index, the Consumer Price Index—we've gotten those numbers out here this week. I know we'll get into that broader discussion with Tommy coming up here later in the show. I also want to ask him about some of those moves being done by Argentina's newly elected president Javier Milei, doing some devaluing of their peso against the U.S. dollar. What could that do for competitiveness of Argentina's exports? What could that do to impact? Our exports and our markets. We saw a pretty down day on Wednesday, really across the grain trade, but mainly led by soybeans and by the wheat trade. Uh, so we're going to dive into that conversation. Wonder too if uh, Tommy's seen some of the reports out of China that uh, they supposedly have grown a record corn crop. Could that be adding to a, a large uh, balance sheet around the world? Those are just some of the things on my mind that I'm going to bring up in our conversation coming up here today with Tommy Grisafi from Advanced Trading. So Looking forward to diving into that a little bit later on here in the show. Also going to take a look at a few different news headlines that we are keeping an eye on. U.S. Ag showing its importance at COP28. We're going to talk about that. Also, 2 million WIC recipients at risk without full funding. We're going to bring that up as well in some news headlines coming up here in segment two today. So all that more on the way here on Market Talk. First up, though. Let's get a little bit of market analysis from Wednesday's trade with Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist at StoneX. Arlen joined me uh, just uh, around the midday hour on Wednesday to provide his thoughts in the market trade. We talked about the downward pressure in grains as well as uh, some pressure in livestock. We brought up the Fed as well, wrapped up their meeting ahead of them, wrapping up their December meeting. We talk about all that and more, starting with grains with Arlen Suderman.
1: Yeah, I think it's getting probably more blame than what it should. But I do think it is a factor. And uh, in the markets, perception is reality. And if that's the perception on in the markets, then that's what they're going to trade. And uh, that's certainly doing some damage today. As we look at this market, the devaluation of the peso more than slashing its value in half. Let's give an example of what it means. If a farmer in Argentina prices their soybeans in dollars off the Chicago Board of Trade and converts them to the pesos, And I'm going to just pull a number out of the air and say, let's say they sold those soybeans yesterday for $13. That would convert to 4,745 pesos. Well, today, at the new peso rate of 800 pesos to the dollar, that means selling at that same $13 today would be 10,400 pesos, so more than twice as many pesos. Now, their input costs are also going up. This causes rapid inflation. This is expected to give us a, a sharp increase in sales near term. The the thing is though that the farmer currently in Argentina doesn't have very many soybeans to sell because we're getting this is equivalent to let's say June in our marketing year. Uh, So it's been a long time since harvested, and their last harvested crop uh, was a pretty small one because of the severe drought they had. They do, though, have wheat to sell, and they do have corn to sell. So all three of them getting sold off today. I think a lot of it has to do with the bearish sentiment in the commodity sector as a whole. Um, But today, this is just adding to that selling momentum.
0: I know, too, we had the producer price index out Wednesday morning. We'll have the Fed wrapping up their meeting on Wednesday. So uh, watching some of those economic headlines as well impacting the trade today, Arlen.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And the expectation is no change in the policy today, but they'll be really watching to see what forward guidances the Fed give. And right now, Fed Fund Futures suggests that Wall Street expect, is expecting the first rate cut to come in either March or May. I think they're way too early on that unless we have a severe downturn in the economy. But that, again, is perception as reality to the marketplace. Um, so this is something we're going to have to monitor going forward this afternoon when the Fed releases its day at 1 o'clock Chicago time, we could see a lot of volatility in the markets at that point.
0: How about in the livestock trade? I notice uh, some red on the screen there, led down by feeder cattle. Any notes in the proteins today?
1: Yeah, we're still waiting for the cash price to get established in, in, uh, on cattle. Uh, generally 168 bids versus 171 offers uh, cattlemen are hoping for some steady money around 170, 171 now it's starting to look a little bit more likely that it will be a little bit weaker, maybe a dollar weaker or so, uh, but generally that negativity that we see in the grain spilling over into protein complex overall, uh, supplies are big currently and as we look ahead to after the first of the year, the big question is how does Prop 12 in California in the supply of hogs uh, with the full effect of Prop 12 taking effect on January 1st.
0: All right, once again, Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist at Stone X. Great stuff there joining us uh, for our midday commentary on Wednesday. And um, watching, uh, of course, uh, what happens the rest of this week in the grain trade. I'm very curious about that news out of Argentina. And again, we're going to talk about the markets more coming up later in the show with Tommy Grisafi from Advanced Trading. Watching the weather here this week, mostly quiet, dry, mild for this time of year in the U.S. We do have a cutoff low-pressure system that's built some waves of showers in the southwest, though, uh, working through on Wednesday and really going to be working through the rest of the week throughout parts of the southwestern, southern plains, and then into the uh, mid-south as well. Some areas even seeing a little bit of snow in parts of Kansas on Wednesday afternoon. Otherwise, mostly uh, showers and thunderstorms. The system is going to be a pretty slow mover, going to create some heavy precipitation throughout the region, which could help with remaining drought as uh, much of the south, especially the mid-south, still uh, dealing with some pretty substantial drought conditions. Could help to maybe fill up the uh, lower uh, Mississippi River Valley. That would be welcome as well. Largely, though, looking at that 6-10 to day forecast, uh, things looking pretty quiet here throughout much of the U.S. Temperatures expected to remain mostly above normal for the next couple of weeks uh, into Christmas throughout much of the upper Midwest and northern plains. It should be largely uh, pretty dry as well. Meantime, in Brazil and Argentina, watching for wet season showers uh, in Brazil. They've become a little more isolated, but as we look later December and into early January, actually really in the middle of next week through January, uh, heavier rain in the forecast for areas uh, that have been somewhat dry in central and northern Brazil. So that's going to be another key for traders to keep an eye on as well over the next few weeks ahead. All right, coming up next, we're going to take a look at some news headlines. Been a lot of talk about COP28 over in Dubai. We're going to have comments from USDA Secretary Tom Vilsack, and we'll take a look at other ag news headlines. That's coming up next as we'll be back with more on Market Talk right after this.
2: Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk YouTube channel. You can watch our latest interviews with top market analysts in the country, find bonus content, and much more. It's easy. Just go to youtube.com slash at Market Talk Egg and hit the subscribe button. Or you can search for Market Talk Egg on YouTube.
0: The market news and analysis you need here on Market Talk. Now back to Jesse Allen. Welcome back to the program here today. Thanks for joining us on Market Talk. Of course, we've been keeping up with COP28 over in uh, Dubai and uh, some of the latest news headlines that have come Out of that conference, there's been a lot of talk about climate and agriculture. Well, agriculture had a moment in the limelight at COP28 this year. The Climate Change Conference in Dubai hosted more than 200 nations with the goal to work on climate change. U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack was there and says there was a milestone declaration for agriculture and 152 countries signed on.
3: A declaration that outlines the steps that need to be taken Uh, in order to uh, ensure that we can produce the food necessary to meet the nutrition needs of the world now and in the future in in light of a a changing climate and the challenges that it presents. And Vilsack adds it looks at the future. I'm excited about this declaration because it lays out a series of commitments and and directions that I think are very, very consistent with what the the United States Department of Agriculture, the Biden Harris administration, and the the United States uh, Farmers and Ranchers
0: Uh, have been engaged in. A big change from the last COP event, COP 27, where Vilsack says U.S. agriculture had to argue for its work on climate change.
3: In this COP, we flipped the script for American agriculture.
0: And COP 28 devoted a full day to how food and agriculture impacts climate change.
3: There was no need for us uh, to be defensive, but in fact we could uh, uh, articulate proactive leadership uh, in the climate space. Uh, Leadership that I think uh, reflected uh, in a number of Uh, opportunities for us to showcase what uh, U.S. farmers and ranchers are doing in a variety of ways uh, to mitigate and adapt to a changing climate.
0: One of the showcased ideas is the Aim for Climate initiative launched by the U.S. and Arab Emirates in COP26. Vilsack says its goal is to look for innovation sprints and adaptation and mitigation strategies to prevent climate change.
3: To encourage investment and to encourage acceleration of these innovations into the marketplace to help farmers worldwide. Uh, we started with a handful of countries and a few partners uh, and a handful of uh, innovation sprints. Uh, we were pleased to announce
0: that uh, in this COP, we had reached over 600 partners. Involving $17 billion in commitments to investing in AIM for Climate Initiative projects doubled the amount of last year. In that time, the number of innovation sprints nearly tripled to 78. Vilsack also says they showcased the International Climate Hub introduced last spring.
3: This International uh, Climate Hub provides information uh, available uh, about the innovation sprints, but also uh, is beginning to showcase some of the tools that have been uh, developed by USDA and made available on the International
0: Climate Hub. And once again, that is U.S. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack. Well, state pesticide labeling rules that differ from federal EPA rules could be a target in the next farm bill. Washington State's Dan Newhouse told the House Ag Committee that some states, without naming them, have gone beyond EPA's rules already unpopular in regulating ag pesticides.
1: Some states have begun to regulate pesticides in a a manner counter to the decades of scientific guidance from the EPA.
0: Newhouse, an Ag Appropriations member, says the uncertainty on EPA-approved science-based labels will erode access to critical pesticides.
1: It will threaten crops, grower incomes, conservation practices, public health, vital infrastructure, and ultimately raise food prices for families amidst record high inflation.
0: Newhouse supports the Agricultural Label Uniformity Act to reaffirm pesticide label uniformity.
1: And prevent state and local governments from adopting inconsistent labeling or packaging that disrupts access to these vital tools.
0: A new house concedes states have authority to regulate pesticides in their jurisdictions, but can't impose labeling requirements on top of or different than the scientific findings of EPA. While Iowa Senators Chuck Grassley and Joni Ernst, along with Wisconsin Senator Tammy Baldwin, are leading a bipartisan push to shed light on market factors driving the cost of fertilizer, Iowa Republicans Grassley and Ernst, along with Wisconsin Democrat Baldwin, have introduced the Fertilizer Research Act. The legislation would require the Department of Agriculture to study competition and trends in the fertilizer market to determine their subsequent impacts on price. Now, Grassley says, quote, with fertilizer being one of the ag industry's highest input costs, it's problematic farmers have such a limited window into market fluctuations, quote unquote. Now, within one year of the bill's passage, the Secretary of Agriculture, in consultation with the Economic Research Council, would be required to issue a report on USDA's website regarding the U.S. fertilizer industry. Now, the report would include a description of impacts on the fertilizer market that influenced price, market trends in the past 25 years, and impacts of anti-dumping and countervailing duties, among other research items. Well, USDA's monthly oil crops outlook for December reduced Brazil's production forecast for marketing year 2324 by 2 million metric tons to 161 million metric tons on lower yield. Yield is forecast at 3.53 metric tons per hectare, down 1% from last month's forecast and 2% below last year's record yield, harvested area is forecast at a record 45.6 million hectares, unchanged from last month and up 1.3 million hectares from last year. Now, the shrinking prospects for Brazil's soybean production have increased the value of US soybeans in November. Soybean cash prices at country elevators in central Illinois increased by 68 cents per bushel to 13.08 per bushel. Now, throughout the country, cash prices rallied above $13 per bushel by the middle of November, and then prices declined to an average of $12.67 per bushel in the first week of December. Now, despite the gains, the forecast for average soybean price received by farmers for 2324 is unchanged this month at $12.90 per bushel as prices have begun to decline in December. Well, the White House held a press conference to call on Congress to fully fund the Women's, Infants, and Children's Program known as WIC. It provides nutrition assistance for almost 6.7 million pregnant women, new mothers, babies, and young children across the country. Without full funding, the welfare of millions of vulnerable Americans is at risk. Neera Tandon, Director of the Domestic Policy Council, says WIC is a vital program for many.
2: The evidence is crystal clear. WIC means healthier babies who are more likely to survive infancy. Down the line, those babies are more likely to receive medical care. And as toddlers and school children, children who are on WIC perform better on tests of mental development and reading. So really this funding for WIC and fully funding WIC Is a no brainer.
0: A lack of full funding means states would have to make hard choices.
2: If congressional Republicans pass a budget without fully funding WIC, states will have no choice but to cut the number of people they serve. In a country as wealthy as ours, there is no reason states should be forced to implement waiting lists or take other devastating measures and really not cover the people who need it.
0: USDA Deputy Secretary Sochil Torres-Small is asking Congress for full funding in January.
2: The challenge that we're facing now is that with every continuing resolution, moms have less certainty about whether Congress is going to fully cover WIC for themselves and the babies this year. That's why it's crucial that Congress provide additional funding for WIC in January. The longer Congress puts off this funding, there's a greater risk to mothers, to babies and children who just want the healthy food they need to succeed.
0: Without enough funding, states would have to reduce participation by about 2 million children and pregnant and postpartum adults nationwide by September 2024. And also one other news note here before we get to the break. Billions in federal, state, and local broadband funding efforts are getting deployed to help close the nation's digital divide. Rick Zimmerman is vice president of state affairs for NCTA, the Internet and Television Association. He says new regulations from the Federal Communications Commission will harm broadband deployment to rural communities.
2: The FCC and the government, they're proposing some new rules and regulations that may make it more difficult for us to invest. It's already a marginal situation as to whether we invest. That's why the subsidy is necessary. There are some proposed labor rules possible rate regulation, a number of factors that make it a marginal call to begin with. But now the FCC is proposing to institute something known as net neutrality, which really governs every aspect of our vision of internet service.
0: He talks about the bigger picture in closing the broadband gap.
2: The bigger picture is that it's sort of a regulatory agency run amok, really trying to expand its power, control the way that the private entities, private markets serve broadband out in america do we go there in the first place well the government is trying to change the economics by giving subsidies to go there but then they're making it more difficult by potentially imposing all sorts of new rules and requirements and they might blow this once in a generation opportunity to bring internet to all
0: Zimmerman says the fcc needs to focus more on removing roadblocks to deployment
2: what they can do is remove roadblocks to deployment One of the things that makes it more expensive to deploy broadband are things like certain permitting requirements, pole attachment rules and requirements, and we've got to attach to those poles. In some cases, it is costly and the FCC can make it easier, so there's a number of ways that they can sort of remove regulatory barriers or also these physical barriers, if you will,
0: and Zimmerman says the opportunity to connect all of America is there now success depends on removing roadblocks to broadband deployment not adding more of them for more information you can go to ncta.com all right coming up next we're going to dive back into the market trade we want to get an update on what the Fed had to say for their December meeting take a look at just the downturn in the grain markets on the day Wednesday and much more Tommy Grisafi with Advanced Trading joins us next here on Market Talk
4: Your local FS is member owned, and that means when you buy our flagship brands like FS Invision and FS High soy, you're actually buying seed from yourself. And you wouldn't sell yourself anything but the best, would you? In field after field, FS brands are out yielding the competition. Talk to your local FS crop specialist about Invision Corn or High Soy Soybean Seed today. At Harvest, you'll be glad you did. Invision and High Soy are available exclusively at your local FS member company
2: keeping you informed with the latest market information
0: for your operation. This is Market Talk. Now, back to Jesse Allen. Well, we saw on Wednesday that the Federal Reserve wrapped up their December meeting and they held interest rates steady, but also they made some interesting comments that uh, we definitely need to dive into here on the show today. Also a down day in the grain and oilseed trade. Got that news out of Argentina that uh, we want to discuss uh, with their new president uh, taking over and taking office. A lot to get to here today, helping us make sense of it. We welcome in Tommy Grisafi from Advanced Trading at ATI Pro Media. Tommy, good to uh, have you back on Market Talk. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, hey, it's Fed Day, Tommy. That's always fun, right?
5: I'm glad we waited a few (laughs) minutes to record. Now, there wasn't a secret that they might not do anything, and they didn't do anything. But the statement that already came out made the stock market explode. I don't explode. That's so dramatic. Made the stock market continue to go up. Yields collapse. The ten-year yield dropped twelve one hundredths, four point zero eight. The lowest we've been uh, for a long time, and that's really great news, especially for anyone trying to refi a house or buy anything. It's great news for our folks in ag land. I mean, think of the beating that cattle took and all the money it takes to produce beef or pork or a crop. As you know, we thought, and you and I had talked on a few shows before. We said, "Oh, the operating notes might be ten percent next year." They're coming down nine. Eight and a half, eight. Things are calming down. And as the Fed says, hey, we're not going to crush the economy, then then the economy goes back up. The stock market goes up. So a, a good day, a wild time in America, and a great time to be involved in markets.
0: Well, it sounds like the Fed's trying to keep their soft landing scenario still on the table. What did I see? They're talking maybe seventy-five basis points uh, worth of cuts as we get into next year. If I'm looking at that right, Tommy. I mean, what are your thoughts about that in the grand scheme of things? I mean, you know, how soon could we start them to start seeing the Fed cut rates? And also, is that really going to help us out with inflation here? I mean, what's your thoughts?
5: The market already did that. So that 0.75, the 10-year yield was at 505.5 for easy math. Now it's at, call it 420, 415. The market's already priced in those three cuts. So it's not like, oh, the market, the Fed might cut next year and the rates will go down. The rates went down before the Fed did. It. It's kind of a little tricky, but... Uh, and sometimes markets get ahead of themselves. Like it's kind of like when uh, grains break and you're like, I don't see any rain in the forecast. And then it rains two days later. You're like, how did they know that? But anyway, the markets got ahead of themselves and already put those rate cuts in. What's it mean for people? It, it, it's, it means that the pain that was coming from the interest rates going up is going to ease. We still have inflation. Let me give you an example. We have three and a half four 4% inflation. That means for every hundred grand someone makes, if they're not getting a $4,000 a year raise, or if you make $50,000 a year, if you're not at least getting a $2,000 raise, then you are going backwards. Now, that's simple math. You and I still know that things like uh, to live. You you live in Nashville. Incredibly expensive to live in Nashville. Believe it or not, Fargo is becoming expensive to live in. Uh, auto prices have went up. I was in the market for a new a vehicle for my wife, that didn't happen. She got new tires, Jess. I mean, I, I couldn't mm-hmm. fathom paying 85000 or $80,000 for a vehicle. I told her, you're gonna love the vehicle you have with new tires. And the tires were expensive. Mm-hmm. Everything around us is going up. The Fed says it's only going up at three, 3.5%. Three I call BS on that because I go to the grocery store, I put tires on a vehicle, but yet they're not going up at such a rapid rate. And think about natural gas. The other day we came in on Sunday, on Monday morning, natural gas was down 14%. Tie that into the American farmer. What do you need to grow a crop? You need fertilizer. Where's a lot of fertilizer derived from? Eh, energies, natural gas, it's all combined in there. So some things around us are coming down. There, there is some optimism. If you're a farmer, interest rates come down. If you're a farmer, fertilizer's coming down. But the bad part, and this is the part you're going to talk to me about next, the price of the market came down. So you get a break on the left side, and you get punched in the right side, and you're right back to where you were.
0: Well, you set me up for my next question. I want to segue this into the grades at Oilseeds, Tommy. Uh, soybeans first. Uh, Argentina, the news coming out of there, uh, the devaluation of their peso by their new president, Javier Malay. A lot of chatter about this in the market on Wednesday. Was it the the main catalyst do you feel like was it more of a you know a reasoning to take some money off the table i know funds were sellers in the soy complex on wednesday i mean what's your thoughts with with the downward pressure overall in the grain trade on wednesday
5: we knew this news last night the market started to trade it last night interesting enough wheat traded up several pennies last night so we wheat opened lower traded up you could have sold all the wheat you wanted up a couple pennies last night then look at the close down 20 24 cents across the board the one market that took it and went down the quickest last night was soybean meal. And the funny thing is, it's not funny, Argentina's been out of beans for a while. They ran out of meal. You know, you've seen uh, heads of corporations, major corporations say, they we are running out of soybean meal in Argentina. We didn't produce any more grain in the world. So because the comments of the new president, it doesn't mean like, he doesn't get to say what he says. And then we say corn, bean, and wheat stocks went up uh, 10 x in the world they just it was just a it was a he said it and maybe it caught a few people off guard i will also say too that the grain market had recently had a nice bottoming action in both corn wheat and beans and this kind of took the air out of it so maybe Mm. people are caught a little wrong footed it's december we're coming on december 13th to 15th most people are done trading in the year so if you had a long position you hear news like this you're disgusted and you sell it out and whatnot. I will tell you this, Jess, watch for bigger exports. I mean, we had China in again this morning. If you're a foreign country and you need grain, if you're a hog producer and you need meal, get over to that meal pit. There's no pits anymore, but pretend there are. Get yourself some meal calls. Get yourself some upside meal because we're still not done with these weather problems in South America. I'm not saying I'm bullish. I'm just saying if you are someone who needs the product, an ethanol company, uh, anyone who's turning anything into protein, grains are on sale the last 24 hours use his verbiage to buy that green in obviously if you're a producer out there you're caught long you have a whole nother problem because you probably own a lot of 23 crop a lot of 24 crop and we could talk about that in a little bit Uh,
0: you made an interesting comment and it's something we've talked about on the show the last couple of days too and i'd love your perspective on this Uh, just the fact that we're getting to the middle of the month of december and it largely feels like and traditionally this is that time of year where A lot of folks get out of the market, they get out early for Christmas, for New Year's, it turns into some of this, the algo type trading, and it can be a little more volatile because there's less volume in the markets and grains and oil seeds. But I think to that point, I wonder if people need to reward themselves on any rallies that we see here throughout the grain complex. What do you make of that here as we kind of get into that holiday malaise type of trade, Tommy?
5: Great question. I got just the answer for you number one, last Friday, volatility in the corn market hit 52 week lows. And when you look at the corn market over the last four months, it's got a 40 cent band. When you look at the bean market, although it's been volatile, it's within a dollar band. When you look at natural gas now, we're breaking out to a downside, but volatility is coming down. Crude oil, volatility is coming down. When volatility comes down, that's people betting that calls won't go up, really large in value, and that puts won't go up really large in value. And that's how you're getting that VIX. Every market just has a VIX, whether it be the S&P 500. and p 500 VIX, folks, just made a three-year low in the last 48 hours. So you're seeing volatility collapse. What it means, and to your point, yes, sir, you are correct. Rallies need to be rewarded. The problem is all the good people who you interview and speak to all day, they just sold $7 corn a few years ago. cash corn, you're in North Dakota right now. There's corn that has a three in front of it. Mm -hmm. They're insulted by that price, but that is the current price. If you don't like that price, call a different elevator. Might be a difference of a nickel, but that is the price of corn. So when you and I say, yeah, if you see a 10, 15 cent rally in corn, you might want to give them some. Folks are hoping for a dollar, dollar 50 rally. The volatility in this market says that's not going to happen. Speaking of VIX, let's switch to cattle. Last Friday, when corn volatility made a 52-week low, cattle volatility made a 52-week high as uh, those markets were really ramping up last Thursday, Friday. So a tale of two worlds, you know what happened in the cattle market, just absolutely decimated in price action. And uh, a lot of energy was spent in getting that bull market up, and a lot of energy was spent in getting that bull market down.
0: Good stuff there for sure. Once again, we're having a conversation today with Tommy Grisafi from Advanced Trading, ATI Pro Media. We're going to continue that conversation coming up here after the break. Let's look at some of the closing numbers from Wednesday's trade. Again, a down day in the grains. December corn, five and three quarters lower, 456 and three quarters. March corn was down five and three quarters at 479 and a half. And we look out to July corn. Four and a quarter lower, 501 at three quarters. January soybeans, 16 and a quarter lower, 13.07 and a half. March beans were down 16 and a half, 13.26 and a quarter. July was down 15 and a quarter, 13.46 and three quarters. Soybean meal for January, 8.10 a ton lower, 4.02.20. January bean oil down 59 points at 49.83. Chicago wheat, December, 21 and three quarters lower, 5.85 and a quarter. March was down 20 and a quarter on Wednesday, 6.05 and a quarter. KC wheat, December down 24 and 3 quarters, 626 and 3 quarters. March was down 24 and 3 quarters at 632. Spring wheat, Minneapolis, December down 12 and a half, 7 and a quarter. March was down 14 to 3 quarters, 714 and 3 quarters. Oats for December 10 and a half higher. 364 and three quarters. Canola was down two to three on the day. Let's look over at livestock trade. Live cattle for the December contract down 75, 166.95. February down 137, 167.22. April down 145, 170.95. January feeders down 187, 217.37. March down 175, 217.85. And in hogs, December 10 higher, 67.92. February down 152, 66.72. And April hogs down 110, 74.37. We will continue our conversation with Tommy Grisafi from Advanced Trading coming up next here on Market Talk.
2: Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk YouTube channel. You can watch our latest interviews with top market analysts in the country, find bonus content and much more. It's easy, just go to youtube.com slash at Market Talk Egg and hit the subscribe button or you can search for Market Talk Egg on YouTube.
0: Stay up to date and listen to past episodes online
2: at markettalkegg.com. Now back to Market Talk with Jesse Allen.
0: And welcome back to Market Talk. Thanks for sticking with us here today on the program. We are joined today by Tommy Grisafi from Advanced Trading ATI Pro Media here on the show. And Tommy... Any folks who maybe they're they're sitting on a long position here, they got a lot of grain left, a lot of 23 grain that they got to think about here. I, I know, in terms of uh, some of these markets you mentioned, uh, cash price basis, it's going to have to do some of the heavy lifting here. I think, I think at this point, especially in corn, a lot of those bin doors are going to be shut probably till the beginning of the year when it's a new tax year. Um, but on that side, on that note, too, maybe some extra bushels could help maybe ease the blow so to speak for some folks when they see those prices i mean what's your thoughts on, on that if folks are sitting on a lot and they haven't done enough marketing yet
5: the great question the clock's ticking although you and i are super excited me i'm really excited that interest rates come down they're not zero folks i'm yeah. just saying your operating's not 10 9 percent it's maybe more around the eights that's still a big number and so the clock is ticking let me repeat Every month you hold that grain, even if the price is going sideways, if you think you're catching that carry, like that pie in the sky, I see the months out further or higher. If you're not selling those higher months, as those higher months come into the current months, it's, it's like the penguins going off the cliff. It seems like I corn was 510 out six months from now, but then when I sold it, it's 470 again. So if you want to catch the carry, you need to carry, catch it. If you're just overall frustrated at any point, you can sell grain. We still want you to own a little upside because those the volatility's low with that, get in control of 23. If you get in better control of 23, then you could have an intelligent conversation with yourself, because sometimes we lie to ourselves, right? And And then you could talk to your risk management broker or whoever you're working with about getting a floor under 24. The floor for 24 I like right now is March short dated puts. You can go to March, you can go to May, but say the March short dated puts around 72 days till those expire. That will get you through Christmas and the New Year's. It'll get you through the January crop report. And Jess, it'll get you through three quarters of that month of February. So you can set that floor while we're establishing crop insurance. It's obvious today that we are not going to have a, a really high price of uh, crop insurance and in corn. Things can change and they can change quickly but with that volatility so low. The market's saying, we're probably going to be anywhere from 470 to 510 in Dees, uh 2024 corn. It would be wonderful if I was wrong and we had a 550 crop insurance level for February. Lose your money on those puts, sell that market higher, get that crop insurance and move on. I'm not so sure that's going to happen, my friend.
0: Yeah, no, great, great thoughts there. Things to consider for sure. Uh, you mentioned cattle too. I just want to ask you real quick there, uh, all this volatility. Do you think we're finally... Establishing a bottom and new support here as as you look at the charts and whatnot in cattle, or do you think we got another leg lower? I know a lot of cattle folks are are pretty frustrated right now.
5: I'd say that there's been a pretty good low established because the price action, the way we spun out of that market Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, we traded that big volume towards the end of the week. We had three updates. We did close down a little bit today. I think with the stock market and everything doing well and uh, what happened with interest rates, I think you'll see a bid to all commodities. As we speak, gold's up a lot. Grains did close lower, but they came back. The cattle market did the damage it needed to do. There are still some bullish fundamentals. Some people really got messed up selling puts. And I'm sure you've had lots of guests talk about that. But there was a group of people. Why they did it is for a different day. But they sold the put because they thought if they, If it ever got there, that's fine. It got there and went way through there and that created that extra volatility. All margin calls have been met. If someone was caught long and lost a lot of money, they did have to send the money into the CME group or they were blown out of that position at a horrible level. Once that happens, Jesse, it creates that air pocket where there's not a lot for sale some days. It was very easy to watch cattle go up the other day because all the people put all that pressure on selling it so far low that when the last guy So, also last one lot at the bottom, the market drifts back up. And that's the current state we're in right now.
0: Tommy, great thoughts as always. Before we let you go, anything final you want to share or reiterate with folks today?
5: Uh, No, thanks. You know, there's a lot of need for education. We've just come through a really great three years of commodity trading and markets. And I'm not so sure the next three are going to be so easy. Interest rates are coming down. Things will be OK. We got to grow the bushels next year, Jesse. Get ready to be a farmer who's going to grow big bushels and sell them at what will feel like a lower price.
0: Tommy, I got to give you a plug too, real quick. I know you and the team there at Vance uh, Trading ATI Pro Media, you are uh, doing something really cool every weekday live at nine on YouTube and on social media. Talk about that a little bit.
5: We're going live at nine on the advanced trading YouTube channel. Uh, you were a big inspiration. We were watching you do these shows every day. And we said, can we do our own show? Can we do a nice nine minute segment live? So you get to watch us mess up live and uh, we're <laughs> having fun. We do mess up. It's fun. We'll have a heck of a blooper reel, but if we could just give you that little bit of education you need. Uh, every day, that's a big deal. Starting at the beginning of the year with we'll premium content. We've, uh, Got a great group of people we're associated with who are going to try to give you that little 10, 15-minute segment every day of education. I think folks are going to need it, Jess.
0: Yeah, a lot of great stuff out there. And again, uh, you can see Tommy and his team live at 9 every weekday on the Advanced Trading uh, YouTube channel. Tommy Grisafi, Advanced Trading, ATI Pro Media. Tommy, always great to have a conversation with you, my friend. Have a uh, Merry Christmas if I don't talk to you, and we will have you back on the show soon. See you, sir. Well, once again, we do appreciate it, Tommy Krasoffi, there with Advanced Trading, ATI Pro Media, joining us here today on the show. Again, uh, lower day in grains and in livestock. Corn for March down five at three quarters, four seventy nine and a half. January soybeans sixteen at a quarter lower, thirteen oh seven and a half. March Chicago wheat down twenty at a quarter, six oh five and a quarter. March KC wheat. Down 24, 3 quarters at 6.32. And Minneapolis Spring Wheat, the March contract, that was down double digits as well. Down 16, 7.13 and a half. Livestock trade, live cattle December down 75, 166.95. February down 137, 167.22. January feeders down 187, 217.37. Deese hogs, 10 higher, 67.92. February hogs down 152, 66.72. We're out of time here today on the show. Again, thank you for joining us on Market Talk. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
4: Your local FS is member-owned, and that means when you buy our flagship brands like FS InVision and FS Soy, you're actually buying seed from yourself, and you wouldn't sell yourself anything but the best, would you? In field after field, FS brands are out yielding the competition. Talk to your local FS crop specialist about Envision corn or high soy soybean seed today. At harvest, you'll be glad you did. Envision and high soy are available exclusively at your local FS member company.